Hey everybody, Ethan here. So we're talking about a Black Mirror episode today that has to do with killer bees. Now I've always been afraid of bees. I hate them. I run when I see them. I've been embarrassed in front of friends and girls and you name it. Um, but these bees are robotic bees. So you shouldn't be scared to listen to this episode. We're not talking about the normal scary real life bees. We're talking about drone robo bees that go into your brain through your ear and then kill you and can come out your eyes. So it's nothing like the real life bees. I just wanted to calm everybody down. And, uh, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. I learned a lot. I'm sure you will too. Thank you for listening. And if you're wondering what that weird alien noise sound is, it's my cat, Lewis, who purrs like that sound that Jodie Foster heard in Contact. Enjoy the podcast. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bad Science. Today, we are talking about Hated in the Nation. It is a Black Mirror episode, I believe the season finale from season three. And we are joined by two very close friends to the podcast. First, you may remember him from the Lion King episode and the Memento episode. He is a professor, <laughs> professor. He's a professor of psychology at UCLA. It's Dr. Aaron Blaisdell. You got my name right, though. Yep. I got your name. <laughs> ruined your job. Thanks, Ethan. <laughs> You're very welcome. Uh, happy to have the Blaze back on. And of course, to make us feel like we're absolutely just sitting at home. It's, I mean, at least for me, it's our associate producer here at Bad Science, who's also, I just learned, a chorology teacher. Did I say that right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow, unbelievable. Emily Feld. Hello. How's it going, Emily? Good. You're also the mother of Katie, who is often here in the studio, your dog. Yep. Although today, absent. Yeah, she's, well, she's here. She's just not allowed in the studio. And what are you doing about that? Oh, I'm fighting it. Okay, good. Everybody write on the comments. <laughs> You need Katie. more Katie. Follow her on TikTok, Katie the Doggo. <laughs> Whoa. You just should start a pet show, and that way there's an excuse for Katie to be here. Yeah, she has to be in here. Yeah. And you were convinced to go on to TikTok in the first place by another bad science guest. Is that correct? Yeah. That's so, exactly how it started. Yeah. Shout out to Lindsay Ames, I believe. Yep. Is that correct? And now it's a huge obsession. I made fun of the app, and now I'm fully fully invested in it okay good oh, so you're really channeling your 14 year old girl <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah but if it makes it better it's katie's account my right. three-year-old dog you uh, have nothing to do with she's it. way cuter we don't do the dances she just does mm -hmm. funny dog stuff and there was also a really bad to make this topical uh super bowl commercial for tiktok i don't know if you saw that no don't we're talking about hated in the nation. Uh, Blaze, I'm going to call you Blaze. Uh, Dr. Blaze, you brought this episode to my attention. I love Black Mirror. As I've said before on the podcast, we did an episode on Bandersnatch, which I absolutely adored. And I thought that I had seen, I, I don't know, 90% to all of Black Mirror. Hadn't seen this episode until yesterday. So wow. what, what about it stuck out to you? When did you first see it, et cetera? Well, I'm surprised you hadn't seen it because it's actually the one of the ones that I think got more awards or more recognition. Mm. Um, bees, yep. drones, yep. sci-fi. I mean, it's all sci-fi, but you know, yeah. I love animals. Uh, I mean, that's what I do. I study animal cognition, including invertebrates like bees. Yeah. And bees are kick-ass smart yes. in the insect world. And then there are drones, and I love drones, and I love the whole, like, I've been keeping up on a lot of the stuff that's going on with, like, Elon Musk and his self-driving cars and all oh, this great. automation. So yeah. kind of the two things intersected. Yeah, there were self-driving cars in this, mm -hmm. uh, I want to say movie, but in this episode as well. Um, and why do you love drones? Let me ask that first off. Well, they're cool. Yeah, base level cool. But also, I'll give you that. 
from my perspective, they're aspiring to be what animals are. Oh, okay. or humans even. Mm. But especially animals. Think about if a drone is a flying machine, and it's supposed to. The objective now is to make them more autonomous. Yeah. Uh, with multiple sensors to do all kinds of jobs, like in this film, mm-hmm. um, doing the jobs of pollinating plants. Yes, uh, and they're using them for weather and uh, pr- uh, you know monitoring field and crop monitoring. Yes, and hunt and rescue people. All seemingly great things yes. that are actually very and scary. And we used to use and still do. Well, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> but we use a lot of animals for these things. You know, train dogs, mm-hmm. you train birds, you train rats, actually, yeah. to sniff out landmines, things like that. So the reason that we can do that is because animals come with all this amazing wetware intelligence built in by evolution. Yeah. And so they're autonomous. They kind of take care of themselves. They mm-hmm. can go and do many different things. Uh, and they're amazing. And so... That's what we're trying to develop drones and other AI technology for. Yeah, they're taking, not only are robots taking our jobs, they're taking animals' jobs. <laughs> so very uncool. Uh, Emily, when did you first see this and what do you think? Same with you. This was one that I didn't watch when I originally watched uh, Black Mirror because it was so long. Oh. And uh, rec- I just watched it today. Okay. And um, it's scary. Yep, it's a scary one. Um, Like I texted Ethan when I was watching it and I was like, this is triggering because I have- a- <laughs> And I didn't even know what you meant by that <laughs> yeah. because there was like probably four or five different ways I could interpret it in yeah. this. Yeah. Mm. But um, we were talking about this. What is that fear when you see like a lot of small things in- like, oh, is there a name for that? I don't know. Like I, a something phobia? It's some phobia. Mm-hmm. I did not. Phobia? I had to close my eyes a lot. It was like seeing all the bees and. Yeah. So ugh. let's break down, and you guys can help me, the plot of this episode in case people haven't seen Hated in the Nation. Strange uh, name. It is a strange name. But I don't even know. Let's tackle that in a second. So basically, there's a hashtag that's going around. On social media. Yes. Death 2. Death 2, right. Mm -hmm. Like on Twitter, it looks like. And people are using this hashtag. And then there's like one guy that is... Uh, <laughs> going to kill the person that gets the most votes or like masterminded the- this yes right. so he constructed and the meme is that uh, people would then somebody that they don't like they'll p- paste a picture of their face yes. in the social media uh, post yes with the hashtag death to and that person and then that picture and the way that uh, he this mastermind who worked at this company that makes those drones figured out is that he can have it so that the drones will now target that person, the one who gets the most death to hashtags for that day yes to target them to kill them right and of course there's government involved the government is mm-hmm. like funding this whole project and so he worked there and then I don't know he can hack the system essentially to send these B drones into your brain and kill you. Is that right? Yeah. Am I, gonna I mean, they like Very drive plausible. you so crazy that you kill yourself. Wasn't that what it was? It's like, it's so painful. That's how the mystery starts. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's spoilers in this podcast. Get used to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it starts with this lady who like looks like her throat was slipped by somebody, but then nobody entered the house. So it's like, how did this happen? And that reeled me in because I love any good mystery. Yeah. But it turns out that there was just a bee drone in her head that was like drilling into her brain or like her pain a pain center pain center yeah and it was just so painful she couldn't deal with it so she had to kill herself in Mm -hmm. what i would think is a really painful way to go but quick yeah 
I mean, it seems like it wouldn't last that long. Right. Cutting it through, I mean, that's how we slaughter animals, like traditionally. Mm-hmm. You know, I think thousands of years ago, goat herders yep. would just slight us. Uh, Emily's um, crying. <laughs> not, Vegetarian not of 12 oh. years. <laughs> You've never gone hunting? So, you know, uh, slitting the throat and um, they very quickly die. Very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now we do it in a much better way. And there's the Impossible Burger, Emily. Mm-hmm. So if everybody can eat that. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. And you love that kind of freaks me out but (laughs) like i don't need to i don't need to think i'm eating meat oh okay even that is already we're crossing the line it's just it's just weird Mm -hmm. psychologically for me i don't trust the restaurant to give me a fake burger and i always think they're giving me a real one whoa really yeah i have trust issues i guess yeah that is some that's a paranoia we got to work out yeah and i mean professor psychology right here maybe he can solve that for you (laughs) well i'm trying to deal with the same issue i'm afraid they're going to give me what i'd think is one thing and there's going to be something else mm. i'm worried that i go in to order a real burger and they're going to slip a <laughs> fake one in there and i'm not going to know the difference it's not going to taste as good uh-huh. or yeah. i might not realize that it's not a real burger that's true it is hard to tell now yeah. i will say that yeah um so on the on the drone part of it here i was looking up very briefly i don't know if you know about this sky do r1 there's like an ai powered mm, yes. drone that you don't need a controller for or anything it just will follow you it's completely autonomous, I guess. Uh, so I saw a video of that this morning and I was very scared. That's I'm, scary. Yeah. It's coming along, the technology. I've looked a lot into that stuff and there have been some scams, actually. People who got Ooh. funded for starting these things with a really great promotional video showing like right. how amazing their prototype can do. And then it turned out it was faked. Whoa. And they weren't anywhere near the capability of, of like a drone following you and you throw it up in the air and it follows you and it takes pictures of you while you're out playing right. ball with your friend or or snowboarding or, you know, those kind of cool stuff. stuff. Yeah. And it turned out like there was one outfit, the name of the company, but it was a big scam. <laughs> Damn. Did they get sued or is it like, well, you're stupid for giving us money for believing that I video? I think they made away like bandits. Nice. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. But, and we should look into that. Yeah. But still it is getting, the technology is improving. It's still nowhere near what I think think the hype is okay but they're getting closer yeah it seemed like at least it was saying that it could like weave in between trees and buildings like it knows its surroundings and mm-hmm. i was like eh, a little bit know. of collision detection and right. avoidance yeah you know. i was like okay maybe why do you want a drone that follows you personally i don't yeah but it seems like it would be convenient if you're like he's saying shooting some really cool shit that you, nobody has to control mm-hmm. it that's a huge convenience you could go up by yourself and just get great shots of you falling down a mountain <laughs> Right. And what if you got injured and the drone somehow was able to radio for help? Oh, that's true. That's huge. Didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. That would be clutch. Okay. So first off, the main thing here are the fact that the drones are so small, right? That's what's like crazy yep. about this episode. They're not only bee sized, but they look like bees. And we actually have something that is similar to that. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a video from Harvard that they have an insect scale aerial slash aquatic robot. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? I've seen that. So cool. Really crazy. Yeah, Yeah. it's tiny, tiny, and it can fly on its own, and then they put it in the water, and it, like, sinks, but then the wings do a different kind of motion to have it swim, and it can get (laughs) back to the surface and then fly again. Wow, it's amphibious. And what do they do? That I don't know. Not sure. Right now, I mean, it's coming out of Harvard. (laughs) An an academic kind of research would be proof of concept and trying to develop the capabilities and... Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh, we're just turning into Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah. Well, Black Mirror, I think, is the whole point of it is that it's not too far in the future. It's taking where we currently see stuff going and Mm -hmm. playing what-if scenarios with, like, how could this go wrong? Right. Yeah. Which is why it's such a freaky (laughs) show to watch. Yeah, absolutely. There's a part also towards the beginning that... So 
in that scene where the wife is found, the that reporter is found with her throat slit, the guy survives, her husband. Mm -hmm. And so they're like maybe thinking like he's a suspect. He could be, you know, right? So they're leaving the hospital after talking to him. And uh, Blue is saying like, well, he doesn't seem like the type. And our main character, what's her name? Anybody know? Karen. Karen says... Don't say he's not the type. He's ordinary. That is the type. Yep. And mm-hmm. I wanted your your thoughts on that. Oh, yeah, because I do, you know, psychology, criminal stuff, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> As an animal cognitive scientist. Yeah, you're a detective, are you not? I am. There we go. Yeah, not really forensics. But I think there is a bit of truth probably to that from my understanding is that people, it's very hard to predict who's going to be a criminal. And most actual, like, crimes of passion in the home are just by regular people. Now, you know, I like to think I'm a regular guy, and I don't think that I am a profile, but, you Mm -hmm. know. (laughs) I mean, regular guy, but teetering on the edge. I mean, you got Nine Inch Nails shirt, black leather jacket. Yeah. You know. I'm going for the old rocker look. Yeah, so old rocker, less trustworthy, I'd say. No, actually. Normal-ish? No, old rocker, more trustworthy, because they don't quite look like the normal guy. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, see, see. Okay. So reverse psychology. Reverse psychology. I love that. All right. Um, yeah, I just thought that was odd. But then I guess also it sort of makes sense because we all have like a threshold or like a snapping point or something mm-hmm. like that. And that's where these crimes of passion I mean, even occur. a regular good, you know, generally good person in the right circumstance can do things that we can view as being awful, not mm-hmm. good. And, yeah. That's crazy. You can just snap one day. It's not so much that. Uh, it's more being pushed to the edge with a whole bunch. And this was not the case in this movie, but in this right. film. It was bee drones. But it's, it's <laughs> plausible. Out. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't the guy. It was the bee. So, it, it, But it is, you know, any person has that. Uh, most people have that capability of being pushed to that level or in a mob situation, um, you know, being going crazy in a way, acting not like you normally would act rationally if you step back and think about it, if you're in a situation where everybody's kind of starting to go crazy about something. Yeah, that's a huge thing in this episode is the mob mentality. Exactly. So let's discuss that for a second because it seems like since social media was born, people are way more comfortable just spewing out hatred if they're, I don't want to say anonymous because it has their handle or whatever, but like in a in a mob. But or it's like, much more of a distance and... right. And then once you call them out, once they're singled out, it's usually like, oh, no, 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 I didn't mean it. I was just, it was in the moment. Like, they go and visit that teacher and they say, like, why'd you use the death to hashtag? Like, that's so serious. You teach children, like, what's actually going on here? You know, did you poison her with that cake? Mm-hmm. You know, and she's saying, like, what? No, it was no. A joke. I was just joking around. Yeah, Somebody else funny. used the hashtag. I don't know. And it's like, what? If you right. just read what she wrote. It's like the most terrible thing. And the other thing she said was, and it wasn't just me. We crowdfunded this cake. Right. Like it was a whole bunch of us behind it as if that made it different than if it was just her. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, but that's the thing, right? It's like mentally it does somehow. It mm-hmm. makes it it makes everybody feel like it's it not rem- so bad. It reminds me of like a firing squad. Only one person has an actual like live cartridge and everybody else has blanks. So mm-hmm. and, and apparently that makes people more comfortable to be the one to do the firing. Right. Uh, there's some psychology there about sharing culpability or sharing you might be more innocent, you know, might have been somebody else. Yeah. What right. is that about? Where does that come from? Why is that the case? Again, I study animals, not social psychology. <laughs> Sorry about all awesome. the caveats, but <laughs> so I really don't know, actually. Okay. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. To say, especially face to face, right? It's like a huge difference to just tell somebody like, I mm-hmm. think you're terrible. I think you should die. You know, we can't right. imagine 
going up to someone and saying that and yet online it's like happening every second it's probably happened a million times since we started recording the podcast probably also like just the hashtag death too i feel like you can be really brave behind a computer but that's like a very extreme phrase like saying that about someone yeah no matter like what mob mentality it is even if it was someone like you hated i feel like you have to be a certain type of person to say like death to someone Mm -hmm. and i don't know that just Mm -hmm. And it was a preschool teacher that said it and did right. all this stuff. And it's like, is that the black mirror world or are we not that far off from? I think it's not that I far off. I think it's similar. Yeah. I, I mean, gosh, I mean, going back to the 90s, I think it was. And when the Internet was still in its young, in its infancy, so mm-hmm. to speak. And they had these alt groups, news groups, Usenet groups. And it was like alt something. And I remember there was one it was alt Barney die, die, die. Whoa. <laughs> it's like people who really hated the dinosaur, like, the purple dinosaur Barney. The dinosaur. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and so people will put things. I mean, it's just an example, a silly example, but it's an example of people will put things like that on there. They don't mean to, for it to die or or in the current cycle of p- politics, people will say things. Oh, I wish this person would just die. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't actually confront over that person probably say such a thing they might think it yeah but they wouldn't say it yeah but, uh yeah something about the anonymity or even just the distance of the internet right uh, right lowers that threshold of what you're willing to say and yeah share. and and what does it say about us that we still will take that individual comment seriously as if it's said to us in person you know we're still struggling in this phase of our evolution of humans in this kind of society where we have a different way of communicating than we've ever had before. It's always been face-to-face. Then print came along. Mm-hmm. All right, Then you had print uh, could preserve things for longer and travel further distances. And w- that was only a few centuries ago. And now we're at like such an ease of access and dissemination of all kinds of any kind of communication. Yeah, I think we just haven't caught up in our social systems, our ethical systems, in dealing with navigating such a situation and understanding how to interpret these kind of signals, given that you've now changed the way that signals can get propagated. What can we do to help that process along? Or is it just going to take time? Because it definitely feels like we are in the infancy of our technological evolution. We just, we have to address it. I mean, it's going to take time. But we do have to make a concerted effort as a society in education, in like in schools and everywhere else to really just come to face with this and try and address it. And I think that's actually another benefit of or value of this uh, particular episode is that it's essentially doing that. It's calling on us to think about the ramifications of this kind of free ability to say all kinds of potentially really harmful things and how it could become nefariously used. Yeah. Absolutely. Has there been, have you ever been cyber bullied, Emily? I feel like I'm really glad that I'm not a middle school girl with Instagram (laughs) and Facebook and all of the social media happening now because, yeah, like I feel like in, when I was like younger, it was all the like AIM people being mean and that kind of stuff. AIM. Mm -hmm. Like AIM, AOL instant messenger. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, That was the shit. Oh yeah, you had like a great like away message. And oh yeah, all all the fun stuff. Oh, that was fun. But I'm sure you know in MySpace, I feel like was really big when I was in mm-hmm. middle school. But I feel like we're at a place now where cyberbullying is so bad, and it's scary. It's like I don't know when I have kids, how how do you protect people from that? Yeah, it seems well, impossible. One's a middle school girl and one's a ninth grade high school girl. Isn't well, that scary? What are you doing? And they're on social media. I think. 
part I'm not too worried about them because I've raised them well and I think I kind of know them and how their personality is and they would uh, not believe like if somebody started saying bad things about them online I think they would realize that, oh, I just ignored them they're, they're an idiot mm. I mean that's my reaction is like oh, well that sounds like the evolution bad. has already begun then well yeah. yeah right I mean right you know we're we're hopefully parents are teaching their kids of like hey just so you know a lot of people are just bullies and they're going to say a bunch of terrible crap and don't take it seriously. You mm-hmm. know, whereas I don't know, I feel like for the last generation, it's like it's still all new. Even if you're an adult, it's like all yeah. you know, you're not used to seeing the hatred being spewed at you like that. Right. Trolls. And yeah, maybe it's better that they get it early. And it's like, I think in oh. the home, learning it early is going to be critical. Yeah. Yeah. But girls are mean. I mean, like the, those <laughs> middle school girls and like, yeah, that I mean, I'm bullying sure sucks. Still, yeah. I'm sure it's still happening a lot and people are taking it seriously and being very depressed. Yeah. I never understood the whole cyberbullying thing because to me, bullying was they get in your face and they might hit you. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then take your lunch money kind of thing. Yeah. If they tried to do that online, I'd just like click, I'm off. And, you know, like <laughs> right. I'm free and I'm safe like, or whatever. But I guess cyberbullying, especially for girls, it's more about the social manipulation. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Well, friendships are everything at that age too, right? So it's like if I'm... Mm. You know, if I have like six, what I would think are close friends and one of them, for whatever reason, wants to betray me and tell these <laughs> other five people, you know, in a public forum online that like, you know, I stink, then it's like, oh, man, my world is destroyed. You know, everybody that I know hates me now. So like, <laughs> that sucks. Even just like, remember MySpace had like top friends? Oh, yeah. Like I remember that was a big thing, like who your top eight friends would be. And it's like, why even create something like that where you have to rank your friends Mm -hmm. publicly for Mm -hmm. people to see and then for just that reason drama yeah we love the drama in this country it's all tom from myspace's fault (laughs) is that his name tom (laughs) yeah it is all tom's fault okay damn him (laughs) i mean do you think that it's a healthy because i know that there i was looking up there's like addiction centers that have social media treatment programs really yeah there's you know people are addicted i think is a it means addicted to social media yes they're spending however much of their day on on some sort of social media um and i think i have another oh the average person spends 1.72 hours a day on social media i don't know what the average person is or Hmm. what that means age-wise or whatever but is that the same average person that would likely to do it they you know that spouse was found dead in the house. Right, yeah, of course. <laughs> just, just a regular person. regular person, right? <laughs> Type of dude. Yep. Um, so, you know, I think there's just this juxtaposition happening, right? Of like, okay, we all don't have enough time in the day. Everybody says like, I don't have enough time for this. I'm tired all the time. I, You know, whatever. But mm-hmm. then we're also spending so much time every day looking at the phone, looking at tweets, looking at Instagram, whatever. And it's like not necessarily beneficial for the most part. I don't think people are learning uh, most of the time that they're on these right. devices, I certainly Unlike am not. Unlike me, I, when I spend my time on Twitter and Facebook, it's really to learn. Yeah, it's all <laughs> just encyclopedias exactly. that you're following. No cat pictures. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. so, I mean, I don't know. Do you uh, think that that as we evolve, will we use it less, use it in a different way? And we're just obsessed wow. with it now because it's like new and, and you know, it's, shiny. It's, it's obviously scratching an itch. And I think part of the reason it becomes addicting is because, as you said, we have, we're have we more stressed than we ever were. And in a way, when they've shown this, that actually 
using social media and getting likes on your posts or things like that yeah. uh, actually elicits the same kind of reward system activity in your brain, like the dopamine response, you know, that you get when you eat a little piece of food or like candy or something. Yeah. You get the same kind of little pleasure hit and reward hit in the brain for the social media likes or even just browsing. And so it's reinforcing. Yeah. And so it can drive this vicious cycle of use. Uh, and that helps escape and alleviate the, the frustration that we might have with our jobs or our commutes or mm-hmm. whatever, or lack of, uh, of real quality social relationships. Right. That does sound really dangerous. I'm trying to be at least more aware of balance mm-hmm. in my life. And I feel like too much of a good thing is the easiest thing that we can do nowadays because everything is so accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, like back in the day, just with TV, let's say, because we're talking about uh, – Black Mirror, it's like you would have to wait until Sunday at 9 p.m. You got to make sure you cancel your plan so you can watch that episode of Black Mirror. And then you get that dopamine of like, oh, I love that show, you know. And now it's like, nope, infinite shows all of the time. And so we don't wait anymore. We can get instant gratification. So the ability to wait for something rewarding, that long-term planning or uh, the um, discounting things that are at a delay, being able to to discount things in the immediate future, immediate rewards for a, a delayed reward, yeah. that ability uh, involves um, self-control. And so we used to be able to have more self-control because the environment was structured in such a way that it kind of you needed to have it to get to many of the rewards you wanted. Right. Now the rewards don't require that self-control. And I think that it's eroded to some degree our ability to regulate our long-term behavior. So do you think you get like that reward when you have like that mom mentality online where it's like, I think this person should die and so do f- five million other people? Like, do you think you're getting that same kind of gratification that like you're not alone in thinking this, even though it's something terrible? I think there is something to that. I think it is rewarding to be part of a crowd, to conform, uh, to join in together to hate something that's you know, that's despised mm-hmm. or or not liked, you know, then I think that moral, uh, actually it's part of the moral ethic uh, part of us that we are actually supporting. And, and that's also rewarding to to promote ethics and promote uh, the, the punishment of ethic breakers, unethical behavior is part of human nature to enjoy to some degree, to be rewarded uh, and, and have this drive to... Um, promote the ethical behavior and punish um, unethical behavior. It seems like a fake thing, though, that we are proud of, you know, like, even if you're correct, and you are demonizing somebody that's terrible, you're not really doing anything, right? You're just kind of shouting (laughs) into the void. But again, that's because originally this system evolved in a context of small band hunter-gatherer societies where you knew everybody. And so if somebody was breaking an ethical code of the societal uh, contract, then that was hurting that group. Right. And you want to punish people who are freeloading on the group or or are taking advantage of other people within the group. You punish them because that's going to hurt the group and the group needs every person to help to survive. That's why uh, human societies have worked so well, especially in the small scale. Yeah. But now it's scaled up yep. to this huge mass of individuals and our evolved psychologies have not caught up to deal with those new situations. Certainly doesn't seem like it. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go back to the show about science. The real issue here is, and this is what I have struggled with many, many times, is how can I not be part of this experiment? 
how can I not be on social media? How it feels like it's necessary to be on. And if you're not on, you're like a weirdo who doesn't care about your career because <laughs> that's how everybody finds you and so knows what's going on. Why do you not want to be on? I think it's probably just an overall negative. I mean, we can go into all the, I mean, you've already beautifully outlined a few <laughs> of the points why it's bad, but I think it's just, you know, more than likely you're going to like damage your reputation by being online at all, somehow, I think. And then also- I don't think that's true. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, also, I think that any new technology, any new kind of um, advancement in human society- has benefits as well as its drawbacks. Okay. It's kind of a double-edged sword. And so there are many beneficial things of social media, especially with a more disconnected world. It connects people. I can find people who I connect with. For me, it would be more intellectually following people and sharing pe with people ideas, scientific papers I might not have discovered. So and to me, it's a rich resource mm -hmm. uh, if it's used appropriately. Uh, and so that's the problem is that finding that balance with any new technology, I mean, it's just large scale society in a sense is like still a new technology we haven't quite figured out yet. However, it does make people addicted, I think, or like use it in an unhealthy way, let's say. Mm -hmm. It's hard to like uh, tightrope walk the social media experience, right? Like what you're describing sounds ideal. Like I would love to only, you know, for 10 minutes a day, look at my phone and see what's the latest science news, what's the political update that I need perhaps, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, okay, I'm done. But unfortunately, that's not the experience that I have at all. And I'm seeing what all my friends are doing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's great and it does make me feel good. But I then, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, well, I spent too much time looking at this or I could have done. I don't know. And well, dude, that's a good one. What okay. could you have done instead? I don't know. Read more of that book I'm trying to finish or uh, okay. done a few more jumping jacks. I don't know. <laughs> OK. Cooked longer. I, I sometimes walk. Yeah. I mean, walks are brilliant. They're one of the best things you can do. That's actually. what I'm saying. People don't they really walk. are. I know that's that is that is a tragedy. Yeah. Or just talk to each other face to face because now yeah. everything's online. So it's like mm -hmm. weird to just communicate with a person you don't know. Right. I, I think we need to as a, we need to find better ways to educate ourselves about how to make better choices while not throwing out the things that we also like, like such as social media. For personally, I mean, one could go to a route that you were suggesting, mm -hmm. just disconnecting completely. Yeah, just get it. And there have been people I've known who have done that, and they've been very happy, and that's great, and it works. But at the same time, if you value and think that there's good in the social media use, for example, then and then going on walks and things like that, but and knowing you don't do that as often, yeah, I feel like there's we need a better approach to disseminating knowledge to people about and and I study habit learning mm. is one of the things I study about changing your habits, how to affect change in your life, right? Uh, and you're a fitness uh, instructor, so you understand how getting people to learn to change and have adopt healthier habits can be a challenge. Yeah. Uh, but the rewards are great. And so right. if we can get better at, at bringing these tools and this knowledge to a greater number of people and make it more common knowledge, maybe in schools and homes, then I think we can try and have our cake and eat it too, so to speak. Mm -hmm. How long does it take to make a new habit? There's been a number that's bandied around, and I don't remember off the top of my head what it is, like 20,000 20, hours? Not that bad. 4, 000, what was it? Some large number of hours what? of practice to 
make a new habit stick. Damn. Uh, it was That's some large. It was it was a large. It was a large number. I don't remember. I might be over uh, by off by an order of magnitude. I can't remember the number. I just know it was a lot. Yeah, edit that out and now say that it takes five <laughs> hours. Okay, okay. two. <laughs> Great. So, but but nevertheless, I don't think I think you can't say how many does it take to make something stick because every habit's going to be different. Like the habit of maybe I want to make sure I don't misplace my keys, so I'm always going to put them on this particular hook in my hallway near the door so they're always there and I I know that's where they are when I need them Mm -hmm. that habit might only take you know maybe a week of every day putting them there before you start kind of realizing it and it becomes automatic or you move to a new office and the route you take to get to work from your old office and you guys just went through this oh yeah of course your new office is not far from your old office but still yeah you know the 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 old habit of you get in your car or however you commute here and you drive to the old office now you have to override that with establishing a new one and it doesn't take too long before you kind of start doing that by habit as opposed to having to remember to to not go to the old place yeah so but other things like an addiction could be the kind of habit that's so ingrained with a a biological substrate change in your brain that it's almost seemingly impossible to overcome like smoking it's really tough to to kick that kind of addiction yeah so there's no one magic number for how long it takes to train a habit but it does take effort yeah and it usually does take um a conscious decision to do that a choice i think i'm just like anti any sort of addiction and i don't like when i when i just need something and i i like to feel in control like no i'm choosing to do this every single time you know that's smart but there are certain things like coffee is a good example because i at one point felt so addicted to coffee i was having like three four cups a day i was like this is probably terrible for me i know if i stop i'm gonna get headaches and so i did i was just like okay no more coffee got headaches for a day or two and now i can just very simply enjoy like one cup a day, maybe I'll have two cups a What's day. What's in your coffee cup right there? This is uh, just a coffee right here from the machines, a cappuccino. Uh, <laughs> so there is milk in this, which I normally don't have, but damn, that machine makes a good cappuccino. Uh, <laughs> can't avoid it. Um, but See, the cues in your environment can direct am, your behavior. It's true, it's true. But I can't, I, that's how I feel about the Instagram. I mean, I never got into Twitter, but that's, you know, Facebook, when I used to use it, was the same, where I was like, why am I checking this every day? And I shut that down. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm still on Instagram and I do check it a lot and it feels like sometimes at least like oh I don't even have a choice like my brain is just instantaneously going there when I'm bored for three seconds yep you know I've trained myself when I'm standing in line for example at the grocery store not to reach in my pocket See, yeah. because I see everybody's doing that and I like to purposely uh, try and avoid doing that and yeah. look around and notice other people look at what's going on around me it just makes I me more robotic this. than human yeah, yeah. It feels it's like it's just an instinct you just like want to flip it open and like I moved Instagram on my phone like the actual mm-hmm. app and I kept going to like where the old one was mm-hmm. that's, and that's your habit last yeah. week my phone was broken and I like was so like it was completely just dead and I was just like so lost. So, like it was so sad. Like I'm clearly addicted to my phone because right. I didn't know what to do. I was on my computer and I was trying to fix it. And I was just like, I was sitting there and I was like, I can't just sit still on my couch and go grab a book or go just like watch TV without. I'm when I watch TV now, I um, am on my phone and you're doubling the screen. It's terrible. Yeah. I watched Parasite this weekend Ooh. and I'm glad I had to read the subtitles because otherwise Couldn't you miss so phone. much. Wow. <laughs> this terrible. is terrible yeah. and eye-opening for me. This I'm is, addicted. 
Yeah. Uh-oh. This is actually, we're not recording this, Emily. We just wanted <laughs> and you to come out. This is an intervention. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. exactly. it's an intervention. Take away my, take and, away my TikTok. And the core exercises aren't helping with that. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't that help? You're not on your phone while you're no. core-izing. That's, you why, that's why I love Pilates because mm. it's, it's a great physical exercise, but it's also a mental exercise where it's like you're mm. on this reformer machine where you like really have to be thinking about everything you're doing and right. holding in your core, but also all these things are going on at the same time. And that's really like, if I don't start my day with that, I'm in like a bad mood, mm-hmm. definitely on my phone more, Yeah, make bad choices the rest of the day. Man, I just, I, maybe I'm, it's like nostalgia and I'm just thinking in, you know, like the glory days of my younger self, but like <laughs> I do, I had so much more, I, I kind of want to say imagination or mm-hmm. like expression of creativity because I would just walk around, I'm a songwriter and I would just walk mm-hmm. around singing tunes to myself, like walking home from school or, you right, know. Right, because there was nothing to do, you were nothing bored to do. and so you create your own fun. Yes, exactly. This is very true actually that the, this impulse to reach for social media when you're kind of bored and is actually inhibiting our expression of creativity and playfulness oh. and our daydreaming, mind wandering which is so important yes. to us. Yeah. Yes, I love that. Yeah, That's more fun than reality most of the time. <laughs> That's like Definitely. what makes me me, it feels like. Yep, it's true. So we should all stop. How do we stop? <laughs> can we stop? It we, seems like no one can stop. Can. Yeah. And as I said, it just takes effort and you have to want to change. It's like the old joke, how many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> Only one, but the light bulb's got to want to change. Ah. <laughs> so it's true. It's really true. You yeah. have to want that for yourself, really want it in order to make that happen. Yeah. And you're right about me blaming my uh, environment and blaming the circumstances that society well, has put on me. It, no, uh, you don't be too hard on yourself, Ethan. No, okay, Ethan, thanks. it's your fault. The, the oh, environment you. is right. also uh, playing a factor here. Yeah, I mean, that's undeniable. And I feel like it is an excuse, but there is validity to it, too. Like, it does feel necessary to have these things, you know, especially mm-hmm. in like just promotion wise, you know, to let people know most. And, and still, it doesn't work a lot of the time where people are like, oh, I missed your show. I didn't even know you had a show. It's so like, well, I posted about it. It's like, that's the only way that I can tell people. Why is that? You know, <laughs> and like back in the day in South Florida, I had like a show and I was 13. I would just call my friends or just each one, call them, let them know. There's no social media aspect to it. You know, it's just like face to face kind of thing or, or like tele- put up posters. Telephone social media of a sort. Oh, okay. So no phones. It's like no one talks on the phone anymore. I love talking on the phone. Mm. It's, and it's way better. It's so much better. I love like I have a bunch of friends who live out of state. Yeah. I call them all the time and some of them are like, stop calling me. Oh my just God. text me. <laughs> Bad friends. <laughs> no, a lot of them will sit on the phone with me because I have an hour commute. But um, I love the phone and I feel like nobody, nobody yeah. likes the phone anymore. Well, yeah, because they can't, like you're you saying, can... they can't multitask. They can't also yeah. be, you know, they can't read your text and look at the Instagram. And, and you're yeah. engaged That's for true. longer when you're on the phone. Yeah. It's not that quick, quick, quick. Mm-hmm. You have to pay attention. Yeah, yep. it feels like the way you're describing it, it more and more feels like drugs. It really does feel like a lot, I need a hit again. A lot of similarity <laughs> stuff. But not as not as damaging as drugs in the sense that certain drugs will alter uh, almost permanently pathways like of, of chemical balances in um, parts of your brain that, that involve with habit learning and other and cue salience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you want something whenever you see it. Uh, and so that stuff, the drugs can actually um, create basically a psychopathological state that right. you can never really fully recover from or it's really difficult to. I don't think internet addiction, cell phone addiction has that same 
um, alteration because it's just taking advantage of your endogenous system, mm. and you can change that. Okay. But, so that's know. the good news. Good to know. But Black Mirror was showing us that everybody who was a part of this Death 2 movement, mm. they all died. The bees got him. <laughs> yes, Spoil, spoiler alert. True. Like they all, that was the like, That was a clever kicker. plot twist at the end, by the way. Yes, yes. Yeah, where it's like, you know, we're rallying against these bad guys, but then everybody who participates in that mm-hmm. died. Well, yeah, I guess the point is there is like we're kind of the bad guys. For yeah. Even and they even found that. it out before the government got involved and pressed the button. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course. It's the government. We knew about it, but the government overrided and yes. said, no, no, trust us, this has to be when done I'm, right now. And that idea that they had built a back door into the, the system uh, so that, uh, the, that they could be used to monitor people. Of course. Mm-hmm. For good means, like stopping terrorist attacks and everything, right? right? I mean, that's another that's huge. surveillance. Yeah. Honestly, when I've seen documentaries about the privacy issues with social media, that's enough in and of itself right yeah. besides the whole drug addiction part of this like <laughs> mm-hmm. just the privacy part is enough to scare me out right do you have alexa in your house yeah i do not uh so every conversation yeah. is getting recorded oh yeah or like even just on my phone i was gonna say right like, isn't the phone enough that they'll rec- they can record they have mics so like couldn't they just be recording on our phones all the time if it's on i don't know to what degree my phone's always on i mean yeah. not the phone but i mean the mic like the oh. video, like the camera part has to be activated somehow i don't know if they're secretly... they can't just activate that shit i mean they probably could but Come i don't on. know if they are i feel well, like they're listening because like if we're talking about like <laughs> what are the ingredients to cookies uh-huh. i'll go on my phone and i'll type in what are and then it will predict the ingredients to cookies well that's like, let's go test that right now let's get our phones <laughs> okay out type in what are and if they were it happens. and it says b drones it's like so specific <laughs> what delivering cookies <laughs> <laughs> um okay wait and speaking of i know we've been talking so much about social media stuff but you are an animal guy and and this is a really an episode about bees. I mean, the whole thing is that bees are extinct in this world or like going extinct. Well, that uh, hunt, that colony collapse. Colony collapse. Is happening, has been happening for the past decade or so. Right. Yeah. And so where are we with that? How can we help? What's the deal? Can we oh, have So there's this robot- great fundraiser. Uh, you just send money to me and I'll make sure it gets to the fundraiser. Oh, great. So just Venmo, Blaze. Venmo, you know, <laughs> Dr. Blaze. <laughs> Dr. Blaze? Money's going to a good spot. So basically, my understanding from the latest I've read about it is that a lot of it's happened, especially in agricultural areas. And I think it's implicated that some of the things implicated in causing it are, or contributing to it are things like uh, glyphosate. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Roundup, which is used oh. as an herbicide, and glyphosate's the active ingredient in there. Damn. And one thing we know about it is that it destroys microbiome. It kills uh, the good bacteria or any bacteria. Okay. Uh, and so one thing that the this one possibility of why honeybee colonies are collapsing is because they're pollinating plants that have glyphosate sprayed on them, oh. and maybe other pesticides as well as these herbicides, and they're it's affecting their own microbiome and it's killing them, and then. Damn, they bring it back to the colony, and it's in all the honey that the, the right. every all the members of the colony are eating. Shit. So isn't yeah, glyphosate like in our oats and in our it's like, in like everything. That's why like this new oat milk trend. Sorry to ruin this for people. Oh no. But like oats have so much glyphosate in them, mm-hmm. and unless like you can go online and see like which brands of oats are have like really low numbers of glyphosate, but. There's, Why are they putting glyphosate in everything if it kills our microbiome? Is that it, what you said? Microbiome. Microbiome. Those 
you know, the gut bugs. Gut bugs. So what is Probiotics. it? What's the good part? What is it actually? Like, why well, is it oh, on there? Well, they use uh, glyphosate. Uh, they use like Roundup. Like you want to get rid of the weeds. And so they've actually genetically modified corn so that it's uh, um, it's Roundup ready, they call it. Meaning you can spray it with the, the fields that the corn is growing on with glyphosate mm-hmm. and they survive it. It doesn't hurt them. But all the weeds that are competing with the corn die. Mm-hmm. So now, oh yeah, how do you weed get rid of the weeds? They used to have to pull them and, and other treatments mm-hmm. and now they can just spray a chemical on it, right? Christ. And so, and they use it to desiccate wheat. So even though they don't need it to, it'll kill wheat, it'll desiccate wheat. Um, so wheat is, cannot tolerate the glyphosate, but they use it to f- speed up the, de- the uh, desiccation process so they can harvest it faster. Oh, of course. Right? So we can't drink oat milk? Um, I mean... <laughs> Do your research, I guess. I'm Make probably sure. going to get a death to Emily now after <laughs> ruining... Uh-oh. Well, death to oat milk. Ruining death oat milk. But your face is not on social media. Your pic? No, uh, you got to have I definitely. I have Instagram yeah, and for the sure. whole thing. You heard it here, definitely folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, death to glyphosate, oh, I guess. Uh, so it is terrible. a big problem. I think there is some areas where there's, they're making a comeback. Uh, where there have been... Where bees are making comebacks. The, the colonies, yeah, sorry. Oh, okay, not great. Oats, not oats. <laughs> right, I was say. Uh, but yeah, uh, the colonies. But it's still this... We're still in a stage of, of a lot of problems with our... And those are one of the most important insects to the human agribusiness. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they pollinate virtually all of the crops that we use. Wow. And so, so what when happens? honeybee colony collapse, it's really critical. And that's why in this uh, episode of Black Mirror, they were came up with the solution of instead of trying to find ways to help the bees survive, <laughs> they were saying, ah, oh, it's inevitable. They're all going to die anyway. They're going to go extinct. So let's make robot bees, right. drones, that, that will do the same function of pollinating all the flowers. Would that work? I mean, it would. Okay. Yes. They're hackable. That's an issue yeah. we learned. That's, that is a problem. And, and bees, real bees are not hackable. Right, that's true. It would be really tough to like implant a chip in each one's brain and hack that. I mean, it could be done, but we don't. We can't do it at scale. <laughs> not yet, at least. Definitely not. So, okay, what are there steps that we can take to help save bees? Besides, I guess I don't know. Riot against these Roundup type companies. Well, uh, Monsanto is the big mega corporation that produces uh, uh, Roundup, and. It's gone, just last year. It became illegal to use it in California. Oh, great! Oh, so they're Cali, right? <laughs> Stand <We're>, up. <laughs> but then uh, I think that the at the federal level, uh, uh, the person sitting in the Oval Office at the moment is uh, mm-hmm. is going in the other direction on this stuff. Oh, weird. Mm. That's okay. crazy. Didn't see that coming. Pro glyphosate. So, yeah, it seems like an environmentalist. <laughs> I know. Yeah, strange. You, n- you never can tell, see? <laughs> yeah. Wow, you're the first scientist that I've ever heard also just speak out against him. Everybody seems to love this guy. I never said the, any person's name. Okay. That's you true. said he is sitting in the office. I guess there you could be several people. You don't know. <laughs> Emily, I know what year this is. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when is this coming out? This is coming That's out in 20 I mean. years? Yeah, 28 years. <laughs> we That's We could have recorded this four years ago. Yeah, that's or true. Or whenever this Black Mirror came out, I guess. Oh. Uh, well, that was only two, two years, ago. years I think. Yeah. Yeah, either way. Either way. Either way. It's schmuck. all Trump's fault. Yeah, that's for sure. What about, like, worldwide? Are they as bad as, the, like, us here, or are they... I don't know. Actually, okay. I only know about it mostly in the U.S. Mm. Uh, okay. So I don't know in Europe, including Great Britain. Oh, yeah. no longer in Europe. Um, <laughs> oh, right. Jesus. We're really dating the podcast. We know, I, know. I mean, well, these are exactly time markers. when... <laughs> 
<laughs> this podcast is. That's so true. Uh, yeah, okay. I don't know about it over there. Obviously, this is a British show. Yeah, a British yeah. produced show, and so must be an it issue. Takes place there, so th- it must be. I guess. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, hopefully. it's such a sad issue. I know. The poor bees. The bees. I would rather work on getting the environment back to functioning condition, healthy, vibrant condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than, I mean, it's great to have technology also, but I don't want to view technology as replacing things that we're losing yeah. because we're destroying them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just sad. I also just wanted to mention one real quick thing about the episode that bothered me. I was curious if it bothered you guys. They are trying to de-hack the bee drones yeah. with that dude who runs it named Rasmus. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. That mm. like kind of blonde dude, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. But the entire time that they're doing it, because they go back and back to this lab or whatever he's got there a few times, it's just him. He's having trouble. <laughs> no, there's a other yeah. woman there. Uh, but she just stands there. She's like a marketing manager or something. Yeah, She's there were just, just like, those two people in that giant There's thing. like nine there was, computers. Yeah. There were a lot of bees. There are and like of yeah, tens of thousands of bees, and he's like, I don't know, I'm not sure. It's like, why don't you right. ask a, a coder that works there? The building's huge. Yeah, why do they bring all these former employees in yeah. To, yeah. To, yeah. to interview them, uh, <laughs> interrogate them? But they weren't actually working there at the time. Who's but, working there? There's nobody. nobody. There. I couldn't stand that. That yeah. it was making me crazy. He was having so much trouble, and they're putting so much pressure on him, and he's like mm-hmm. sliding from computer to computer. It's like, where's your team, man? You got all the money in the world. <laughs> Maybe it's a one-man show for the large. For I guess large it's degree. like a one-man show. I mean, even here, we're sitting here. We got Emily. We got Jeremy Engineering. It's like if we had a problem. There's multiple people that could do something about it. Yeah. yeah. You anybody could take my role if I somehow. Well, fell actually, over. okay. I think you're kind of the only person that we couldn't replace. But <laughs> I, having said that, Rasmus. He had a bunch of help, and I didn't he see did. them in the episode. Really yeah. wanted to. I don't know. It was strange. Yeah. And 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 Blue was like so amazing at just zeroing in and, and be able to use <laughs> yeah. his system. That was, yeah, yeah. Like, she was like more. Advanced. I mean, they did set it up that she was from a tech and in you know <laughs> right. research division and wanted to go into the field. Yes, and yes. So they kind of made it plausible, I guess, that she would have the chops. But she, oh my gosh, she definitely had Wonder, the chops. Wonderkin. <laughs> I <laughs> thought she was going to be a bad character. Like when I'm they first same. when they first introduced her, and it's like the episode starts where she's kind of at that where um, Karen. Is at mm-hmm. the trial and like Blue's not there, right? So I was like, I what was like happened? Blue, like she wasn't really like her shadow, like something. Yep. But then she ended up being the hero. Yep. Yeah. And she got him big time. Yep. And she definitely got him. She they got they him. lead you to believe that she got him. I think we can all agree. I think there was also a hidden scene or like a cut scene where she put a knife in her bag. So that's oh. even like more. Oh wow. Whatever evidence that she got him. Also, the guy. Did they ever say what his name was? The, uh, he had some the bad name. guy. Yep. They did. Did you think if he just mm-hmm. put contact lenses in and shaved his head that he would just be like, all right, I'm safe now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, that's true. Stop I, trying. They were, yeah. I think they set that scene up to make it look like he was going to be safe from the bees. Is that? I was wondering but that too. But then he's not any, oh. He's not in Britain. He's in some you know South Remote American. Location. Probably they were speaking Spanish there and his palm trees. So he was. He had already flown the coop and was hide, on hideout. And I think he was really doing that to hide away from anybody who might be hunting for him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Internationally. They're still going to find him for sure. I mean, you kill that many people, they're going to come that after many you people. so hard. Yeah. And yeah. also, you're telling me he can't hack the bees and say, don't kill me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you would think. Yeah. Like, it would be a little, a little subroutine to just exclude him. Yeah. I'm controlling 400,000 mm-hmm. bees, but they're still going to get confused by my eye color. 
<laughs> I, I, have another, yeah. I have another beef with the, the this uh, beef show. with the bees, please. And it's with the way that they ultimately found their target to kill. Oh, okay. Right? Yep. So they were talking about how they used the cell phone signal or whatever the computer signal is, a device right. that the person used when they posted it, and they could track that person. So they know where which colony to pull a bee from mm-hmm. that will be in the near vicinity. But then ultimately to land on that person, it was facial recognition. Right. Because they do flower pattern recognition, pattern recognition so mm-hmm. they can identify flowers. Mm-hmm. So it was hacked. So instead of a flower, it would be the, fa- the uh, face. The person, yeah. Why wouldn't somebody just put on like a like a Nixon face, you know, like a mask like <laughs> you wear at Halloween? And now we can't tell. Oh my like god. Like three people in a room. Uh, can't you just do cover your face? You but just you know, cover your or, face. Whoa. And it, it, if it's just facial recognition. Huge hack right there. I'm not sure why it how? They could have just this girl could have just got on the news yeah. immediately <laughs> yeah. and just said Cover your face. Exactly. Yeah. Wear, Wear a mask. mask. Wear yeah. a mask. This is uh, over. They should have called you. You could have fixed it all. Yeah. Well, and if it they had have a, been a show, they, if they had a team more than three people, maybe somebody <laughs> would have come up with it before you know thousands of people die. Also, don't you think they would have had some sort of like security of like we need to make sure these bees are not hacked? Oh man, the first you mean time before they allowed them to be used in society. Yeah, mm-hmm. like. They well, would've... that's that's where the Rasmus working by himself thing was bothering me so much because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like clearly they have super advanced technology. Yeah. They have AI. They have all this kind you know, it's all being controlled and they know exactly where every bee is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the technology to just like well, shut the whole thing down yeah, right? or whatever. It's well, ridiculous. he did have the technology, but it was hacked and he was prevented from accessing it. Right. Yeah. But I think the, my understanding is that the, the Sean character who was from the government mm-hmm. um, was... What it, it came, he revealed that they allowed him to go forward and use those bees because there was they had built in a back door, mm-hmm. and so they could use it. So it was kind of like the government says, "Oh, we see an opportunity here, right? Right. So let's let them let's let's green light the project." Yeah, it was a scary episode. That might have been one of the most scary. It's Black like the Mare birds episodes. only. Yeah, the birds and the bees. It's the bees. This time. <laughs> it's, it's the bees. The bees. This time. But like you see them like congregating outside oh, the window. And the noise, yeah. like that That's noise, what I is can't just so scary. And like yeah. just seeing all of them like getting through. Mm-hmm. I'm also scared of bees flying insects. We were talking about that a little yeah. hornets mm-hmm. and stuff, but that's a different episode. I I got to just get Have over it. Have you ever been it. stung by a bee? No. Have you? Oh uh, yeah, number of times. Bees, wasps, a scorpion. <gasps> Jesus, a scorpion. What was the worst sting? Uh, wasp. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Over a scorpion? It, yeah, the scorpion I don't think injected much poison in. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. We had one of the, the seven worlds, one planet yeah. uh, person say the scorpion wasn't so bad. To oh, totally they... changed my mind about scorpions. Yeah, I don't want to get stung by those ants. What are they called? Bullet ants? Oh, right. Have yeah. you heard of those? Yes, yes. Oh, no. God. Terrifying. It's it, a bullet they're ant. called that. Be- I think they're in South America somewhere, the uh, Amazonian jungle. They're called that because when you get stung or bit, I don't know if they're a stinger or a biter, but the toxin that they release into you makes you feel as if you just got shot. Oh, my God. Yeah. That bad. I brought some in so we can An test ant? it out. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, you can know exactly what it feels like. We can post this on Instagram. Yep, exactly. Social media. Yeah, full it's circle. the first thing we think of. Uh, we're just after this See? podcast now more like we have more ideas for social media. See? It's terrible. Um, okay. I'm sure we're probably running short on time. Thank you both for coming. Maybe we can do another Black Mirror episode. I feel like they're all so fantastic. There are a lot of great yeah. ones. Yeah. The video a lot of... game one is one of my favorites. Oh, yes. That one just like 
play That's test. a big mind fuck. Yeah, the horror thing you're talking about, right? Where he's like enters yeah. the horror game. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I think I might have seen that one. That one's yeah, it's excellent. in season three also. Okay, I think I've seen that. Yeah, where it's like they try and figure out what your biggest fear is. Yes, exactly. Oh, right. And there's all yeah. these little twists at the end and it just like, it's like a twist and then it's like another twist. And right, it's just, right. It's mm-hmm. great. We're well, recommending <laughs> uh, Playtest. Everybody watch Playtest. Obviously watch this episode, uh, Hate in the Nation. And what's your favorite Nine Inch Nails song? Maybe people can go listen Ooh. to that. Well, I like the whole Pretty Hate Machine album. Yep. That right. was just brilliant right out the gate. His first album. First album. Awesome. Pretty Hate Machine. Go check it out if you haven't listened to it. It's fantastic. I'm sure it's all over Spotify, so you probably don't even have to pay for it. <laughs> Thank you both so much. Thank See you next you. time. You're welcome. See Thanks. Ya. Bye. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our associate producer is Emily Felt. Our engineer is Jeremy Schmidt. And the executive producer is Brett Kushner. I guess I should have said Bzz Kushner. Eh, whatever. Bad Science is edited by Lucas Bollinger, and our social media is managed by Blue Whale Media. Shout out to EJ and Kate. I love you. Don't tell my girlfriend. Oh, follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Pod. If there's a movie you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, feel free to email at badscienceatseeker.com. That's badscienceatseeker.com. And please leave us an iTunes review. Give us five stars. I sound like an Uber driver, but we really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>